walk into a bar On a cool winter's evening underneath the stars And we'll find somewhere close we don't want to walk far Nor do we want the hassle You're in the cool room. I'm Damien Gibson, uh, one of your co-hosts And the other co-host on this said podcast, The Cool Room, is David Griffiths Good afternoon, Damien. We're about to set a new land speed record for intros to a podcast because it's already 12 o'clock, which is the day and time that I should be opening the doors to the Royal Mail and Spencer. So, yeah, cool. so uh, we had a really, really good in-depth chat with uh, Warren Wu, who's a hospitality all-round is the way I think I described him. He he's bets done, higher than number five. He's, but done, yeah, that's yeah, he's done so many different things. I, I we're time poor. I can't list all the things that he's done in, a, in, a, in an expedited manner. So, um, what's going? Is there anything that we need to well, sort of a few things? That, yeah, a few things we should probably plug. Mm-hmm. First of all, is to rate and review us on iTunes and all of those good services, and follow us at uh, Instagram and Facebook, mm-hmm. and maybe Twitter as and well. Twitter. As yep. Damien will explain a bit later on the podcast. <laughs> um, we should announce that Damien, you're going to be doing more shifts at the Royal Mail and Spencer. Yeah. So, so the plan is that I'll be here most Saturdays, I think, from now on. So um, within by the time the podcast comes up, basically from that Saturday onwards. Absolutely. Um, so you can come down and hang out with me and David, not just David now. So And, you know, listen to this kind of banter, you know, for all, all day. For yeah. eight yeah. hours, if you want. If you love this podcast, you can come down That's and right. we're, not, we're not starting a Patreon page. We're just going <laughs> to come down and live it in the flesh. Uh, trivia is now starting on Thursday nights, yeah. uh, so come down and be part of that. If you like the sound of my voice more than I do, <laughs> come down and, and be part of that. And I think the big exciting thing that we have coming up uh, will be on the 27th of January, uh, we're yes. going to have a special Hottest 100 Craft Beers countdown. So Gabs are announcing their Hottest 100 Beers, and we're going to have some fun events that afternoon. Dave and I are going to drink every single one of them. <laughs> That's exactly right. We're going, to do a, we're going to do a live recording of the podcast, so you can come we down. Are. Which is just something I announced, and the look of fear in Damien's eyes, you know, it's just like a kangaroo in the middle yeah. of the freeway. Cool. How hard could it be to work out how to do that? I'm really sure logistically f- it's not a nightmare at all. I'm looking forward to you um, figuring that one out, but we'll have cool. blind. I'm glad you are. <laughs> we can have some blind tastings of some of the beers that no, people have nominated and um, count them down, and it's going to be a really good day. So if you're into your craft beer, if you've already voted in the Hottest 100 Gabs craft beers for 2019 come down and enjoy those beers mm-hmm. and it's going to be a ripper of an afternoon it te- I, I get the feeling it's going to be a fun messy kind of day and they're usually the best days to hang out with david and myself <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> right neither of us will actually be working the bar that day no. which is exactly how you want it if you're going to be a patron <laughs> no there will be some some paid professionals serving you beer and me and david just sort of stumbling around <laughs> Plug it. You're talking about the podcast. If you heard our podcast, it's a great podcast. Uh, anyway, speaking about great podcasts, let's get to our conversation with Warren Wheel. All right, David, we're joined by Warren Wu. Hospitality all-rounder, I think, is probably the best way yeah, to... Yeah, that's a good way to describe, describe it. Yeah, is yeah, that okay? Totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. hospital all-rounder. <laughs> well, I was sort yeah. of thinking, you know, yeah. usually I'll reel off a whole list of things that people do, but it's usually a list of like two or three, but you've done so many different things. Yeah, but within... It's just yeah. easy to say... Hospo guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Within, <laughs> within that realm, within the industry, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I suppose that's, yeah, I don't know, it just happens. 
you just get interest in something you do it for a while you get yourself to a certain point and then you move on yeah mm. yeah i think so it's like school teaching where you come in you know supposedly to be a history teacher and end up teaching maths and sport or something like that after yeah. you've been teaching for five years because you can teach yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah one of my favorite stories this is so not related to our podcast at all but it's just the idea of not, <laughs> I don't know how to say this without saying sounding insulting, but you being a phys ed teacher <laughs> amuses me greatly. <laughs> it amused me greatly as well. Only because every sport teacher I had in school was that real alpha male. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like my, sport, my sports teacher in year seven had a tennis ball that he would throw against the wall behind your head. So, like, if he, if he asked <laughs> a question... To catch your attention. Yeah, he'd yeah. ask a question and then he'd throw the tennis ball just above your head on the wall and then be like, Damo, what's the answer? Like that kind of oh alpha male God. aggressiveness, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And David is the complete opposite of that. So that's <laughs> what I that's what yeah, I yeah, yeah. You said that I was the PE teacher at McRob Girls, which is a select entry girls school. <laughs> yeah. Um, where one of my based on academia. Yeah, not, exactly. Not one of my friends used to say that the only way to get the girls to run was to open a maths book at the other end of the track. <laughs> <laughs> So my uh, level of sportiness, you know, was suitably, you know, high. It, was, yeah. it wasn't an excuse for me to stop wearing suits and start wearing track suits and sneakers <laughs> to work. They gave the, the, the school administration gave me PE as a punishment and I just embraced it and started wearing polo necks and having a whistle around my neck and sort of, you know. <laughs> Oh, jeez. All, right. all those poor students. Oh, absolutely. All poor students. <laughs> should apologise yeah, to, to, to the students at McRob. To the students at McRob and the Philosophy Teachers Association of Victoria, where I would turn up in my polo shirt while I was teaching Year 12 philosophy. And they go, what are you doing here? Go, I'm a philosophy teacher at McRob. We have the best students in the state. Um, all right, Warren, we have some questions. Hospitality. Yeah, yeah, and that right. concludes yeah, our yeah, teaching podcast. That's, that's, that's exactly what we're talking about before with the ABC. Anyway, um, we have some traditional questions that we ask everybody. Yeah, cool. on the podcast. Yeah. So the, the first one is where and when did you have your first drink? Oh. And we usually sort of preface it with it's not, you know, if your parents gave you a little sip of wine. That's very nice. Yeah. We're not interested in that. We want full teenage debauchery. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it'd be my my. I I had a I had one of those strange kind of hodgepodge group of mates, and we were really close. There was about four of us, but of different age and whatever. So so we and and I grew up in the country, so it was really typical. We were drinking. We we thought rum was the thing. Not not. not, not, (laughs) Rum was the thing. Could be the title of your autobiography. (laughs) Um. And 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 kind of I don't even know how we got into it, but we we drank like my first drink was was a little with a little flask of Bacardi, like those three seventy five. We were like, and there was a lot of coke in it, but the coke content would slowly go down. It was yeah. it was oscillating between Bacardi and Bundy. Ooh, uh, wow. Yeah, we're like and and yeah, it, it was just one of those those. I don't know. Um, typical in some ways, are you tep- typical in others? I how, suppose? Are you, how are you getting your hands on hip plus of oh, the, the, like rum? That's, how that's, old were you? No, we were, we're like the oh yeah, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> like sixteen, it wasn't it okay. wasn't ridiculously young, um, right. but yeah, sixteen. Okay, and and. Our parents were sort of into harm minimization, like as long as we were doing it one of their houses, 
it wasn't it wasn't yeah. the end of the world and you know mm. it's it's and you know if you have friends who are a little bit older and you know but i was i was kind of that the same age as most of us yeah that's how yeah that's how we kind of did it it was just an experience thing and the, yeah. you know the occasional and and it was a different yeah it was just that that growing up stupid country what else do you do let's just get drunk uh, mm-hmm. yeah that's mm. i think that's part of the course i think it was pretty part of the course mm. uh it's someone who spent a lot of time just wandering around craigieburn oh yeah, yeah, yeah in my hand yeah at 15 16 yeah i totally understand yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah that's it's just what you it's just what you end up doing i don't yeah. know and once you've spent your money on your bot your flask of bacardi you can't afford to do anything else <laughs> yeah, either. That's that's exactly, exactly right. Right. yeah yeah you know, once you yeah exactly we'd buy exactly. a flask of jack daniels and go and sit in the park because we couldn't afford to go and drink at a pub all night mm. yeah that's it exactly yeah and you don't want get to get in. home yeah. because parents are there and parents Ooh. are dumb yeah. <laughs> they don't understand our music. They don't understand why Axel Rose is don't... the voice of a generation. They just don't get us, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We're Parents. different to their generation. Although there was this thing, uh, it was, it was, who was it? Um, oh, Henry Rowland, spoken word. He done, yeah. he, he did a whole bunch of spoken word ages ago now. Mm. Uh, and one of the things was like our generation, and I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm a fair bit younger than, than, than uh, Rollins, but 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 it was like so, Generation X, which I'm at the, the tail end of, are not only harder than than our parents who were like listening to uh, Bing Crosby or not, <laughs> whoever, but harder than our kids. And that was when he says kids, like the kids at his age, but yeah. they were like they would be listening to House or if they were really extreme, kind of some sort of hardcore electronica. It's like, mm. well, there's nothing. It's like, yeah, yep. it's different, completely different headspace. Like, if you think, roll, if you, like, Black Flag is a completely different beast to, in terms of hard than a lot yep. of that stuff. So, it's yeah, true. in a weird sort of way where... We yeah. are the kind of generation where, like, bands were what was it yep. when you were... Yeah, Ooh, a yeah. teenager like yeah, Metallica. Like year twelve was just Metallica wall to wall for me. So. Well, I went to a school where I was into Nirvana and Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, like that all sort yeah, of yeah, the grunge, time. yeah, which Ooh. was. Yeah. But I remember my friend specifically telling me that I was a pansy because I liked that pop music. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's Ooh, what they all the, listen the to Sepultura and Cannibal Corpse yeah. and stuff like that. So to me, like to them. My music taste was really girly. Yeah. I listen to girls' music. <laughs> like Soundgarden is not. Pop no, no. music. No, no. <laughs> and that concludes uh, Damo and Warren's uh, 1990s music review show. Thanks for listening. Remember to rate and review rate us on and iTunes. Review it. Uh, you yeah. know, keep rocking in the free world. Yeah. <laughs> I get the impression this beer hospitality uh, podcast is going to go in a lot of different ways. I think it is, yes. When, when we came up with the, the idea, we said it's a podcast about beer or anything alcohol adjacent. Okay, so yeah, it's a yeah. huge yeah. spectrum. Yeah, yeah, that's massive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, but getting back to the beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, rough childhood, uh, lots of bad booze. <laughs> that seems to be the same story Ooh, for everybody yeah. so far. Yeah. Um, are you a craft beer guy? Yeah, I, I, it's, it's all part of it. It's, I, I love it. Basically, when you start looking at it's a weird thing to try to identify quality. And when you start looking at quality, um, everything kind of has a sense of quality. You know what mm. I mean? And craft beer is the same. If you, if you look at it, 
there, there's people producing amazing craft beers. There's p- people producing rubbish, and that interests me into in terms of why is it a why is this one that much better than mm. that one? So yeah, I'm totally into craft beer, and you know, for I don't drink. There's beers that I'll drink, I'll taste, I'll just go, oh, yeah, that's really interesting, and then yeah. and then like craft beers, and then I'll move on. But for the most part, yeah, I'll, I'll I go for that, and same with my not necessarily my my ethical standpoint like i'm not into big companies mm. like i like helping the little guy uh and that and the craft beer industry is just chocker block full of little guys yeah who will probably <laughs> miss the boat and will never sell their their brewery for for millions of dollars now i'm sorry you heard it here first and that and concludes I'm, warren's economic forecast podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you remember the first one uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I had a craft beer before craft beer, before the term craft beer even existed. Ooh, right. Well, no, because we all probably did. Like it was a Redback from a Matilda Bay Brewery. It ah, was, right. Like okay. I, I remember having that and yep. we threw a, we threw a piece of orange in it and it was bloody delicious, smashed a whole bunch of them, got really drunk. <laughs> um, you know, it was tasty and it, it, it wasn't considered, we didn't have any idea what. Yep craft beer was yeah. when I was drinking that I was like until the May oh, it's not as big as this was before I think this was before CB took them over and ruined mm. it but yeah this was before like this is that was when it was 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 a um when it was just another brewery which wasn't didn't happen to be as large as the other yeah. ones uh, and then, like, I, I went to Little Creatures when it was just that single shed, when it was the first, I think it was in the first year that I opened. I happened to be, be hanging out in Fremantle with a friend. We were staying in the Esplanade Hotel, which was directly across the road. Yeah. Kind of wandered over and just going, what was this? What's this? What's this beer brewing thing? We can, we can watch beer being brewed. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we sat, we, it was which our. For anyone who's not into beer, sounds like the most boring yeah, thing on earth. Yeah, but, but us three. There's going, like, to be, there's going to be paint drying on your walls. Any <laughs> yeah. chance I could come in and yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's true. And and they they were doing like they were they were doing some crazy stuff at the brewery themselves at the time because they were still they they had their core range and they knew it, but but they like like they were still it was still really raw back then. Mm. It was still a giant shed yeah. with a bar running down one side. Yeah. And they were doing, they were doing burgers and, and pizzas, but that's effectively it. I was, yeah, we, we were there every hour. That would be our afternoon stop off before you had a nap when you're traveling to somewhere, you yeah. know, you, you do some stuff in the morning you check stuff out and then you, you kind of go have a beer and something to eat, mm. have a nap, nap in the afternoon. That was our somewhere to eat. It was amazing. So, you know, um, uh, when they first, I don't know, we've been uh, late nineties. Uh, yeah, right. And once again, wasn't craft beer. It was just, ooh, it's a smaller brewery than the other ones yeah. that existed. And yeah, and, uh, and the original, I reckon they threw a lot more hops at the original Little Creatures Pale than they do now. Absolutely. I, I, I like. I'm. I'm well. I, that that beer has evolved, and uh, of course it is. And I don't know if it's better or worse, but when you haven't been hit with the amount of hops that little creatures first stuck in their beer mm. back in the day. It's a real revelation. Like you're yeah. you're yeah. tasting all those great flavors, uh, and even Rogers. Like we like mid strength beer didn't exist in the Australian market, not to any real extent. Not not in the south. I mean, you've got four X gold and whatever up in the north, but yeah. down in the south, it's always been like, oh yeah, you drink heavy. 
or you drink light and that's yeah. it. And not many people drank light unless you were driving. But mid-strength, yeah. So, so, so Smash yeah. a few Rogers thought it was really tasty and interesting. Yeah, it was yeah. good. So the, the rumor my- about the sort of original little creatures was it was more or less supposed to be a Sierra Nevada pale clone. Yeah. And yeah. Oh. if you think about sort of what the hot profile of that is. Yeah. Is far more like what you're describing there. It's yeah. punchier and pretty hoppy. Yeah. yeah, really hoppy. And that's that's I think. And Phil Sexton's a really smart guy. I reckon he would have seen that and just thought that would work in this market as well as it works in the US. Uh, you know, so so that's I think I I suspect that's that's probably what it is too. And then they figured well, uh, for two reasons, like expense. Uh, especially at the time, um, mm. the expense of, of hopping a beer out to that degree would have been would have been massive. And the other part of it was that it's, it, it might have been a little bit too aggressive for the Australian palate at that time. So yeah, I could see how yeah. that it would evolve. Um, they were they they uh, the the bartender. I can remember clearly the bartender at the time saying that actually had their own little quarantine area. Because the hops they were bringing in were there, they, they needed their own quarantine area for the hops they were bringing in. It's like I don't know if that's spin, but geez, it's a good story. It's a, it's yeah, a story. It's like, it, but yeah. it would make sense. I'm going to yeah. start to say the Royal Mail has its own quarantine yeah. area. Just for- <laughs> <laughs> it's the studio. Yeah. Um, you're also a big wine guy. Yep. yep. Uh, do you remember the first wine that sort of got you? In, was there a, a particular wine or a particular time where you're like? I like wine because I never. The reason we asked the question, I, I it happened for me when I was like twenty seven, where all yeah. of a sudden my palate just went, "We like white wine." Yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. Which I'd never really drunk before. Was there a moment like that? Um, I think, well, like most people in the wine industry, it all starts with, oh, my parents kind of had wine during, around the house, like, yeah. to dinner and stuff. Like, during dinner, they'd drink wine, and kind of having that that uh, congenial atmosphere really, really kind of puts it in a certain sphere in your mind. Mm. So it's always kind of been there for a specific one or oh, that'd be hard to say. There was <laughs> there was um there was like the one that really stood out uh would be we would there was I I was lucky enough um I was working at, at the transport hotel for a long time and all throughout the building and I'd just been stuck upstairs Dares at the transit uh, the transit bar which was a cocktail wine bar mm. um they were leveraging the fact that they had this massive wine list to be able to chuck it in this other space it was supposed to be a a, a supper club um right. clone i suppose with yeah. a little bit more with more in terms of cocktails uh jazz bar thing um and and the wine team went out and we all went to Francois and I just mm. happened to get an invite too which was awesome um and there was there was some remarkable bottles there um or like premier crew burgundies which you wouldn't be able to get your hands on now yeah. um we all a you wouldn't be able to get your hands on b they cost a fortune mm. now compared to back then yeah um red and white so so oh, i'm just trying to think um oh, a lot of bankers in the wine world you call banker one that you put in your memory just to just to, <laughs> okay. and you know what my know bank my bad. bank vault is completely empty because <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. what we drank but there was a whole, yeah, there was a whole bunch of really amazing wines, uh, really eye-opening kind of things. 
that 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 I hadn't that, that I tasted at a really early stage and yeah. kind of that wine journey, which yeah, I think I think um, I I really brought me there. But there wouldn't be one specific one, I don't think. Not not something that's ever yeah. knocked me out. Like there's there's wines which which are highlights of uh, and which I think about, but there's not one. Yeah, it's really funny. Not like I I came with a lot of other things like yeah. beer and like beer. Yeah, I could clearly tell you when I I've had this and that, but yeah. wine. Probably had so many. It's uh, now, now I'm rambling. Can't remember anything. Now, now I'm just rambling. But this is good. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Fine, <laughs> oh, speaking of favorites, do you yeah. have a favorite uh, venue that you like to drink at uh, at the moment in yeah, Melbourne? Yeah, yeah. I really love. Um, oh, there's a few, I suppose. But the one I, I keep on going back to is uh, the is the Lincoln in Carlton. It's mm, just yeah. superb. Like the they they say. You know, there's that old saying, um, if you try to be everything to everyone, you end up being nothing to no one. Mm. Uh, the Lincoln, I think, is the closest I can see to something being everything to everyone. Yeah. The food is superb. Uh, the, the, the range of beers is, is varied and interesting, but also really approachable. Mm. Uh, it's it's just a fun place, you know. There's a TV playing sport, but if you go out the back, the dining room's really lovely and comfortable. Uh, it's it's it just ticks all those boxes. Yeah, um, I agree. It's a great. Yeah, yeah. It's it's that that's the type of venue you aspire to, but yeah, you really need like Ian. Ian's won a couple of publican awards, I think, and his his pub's pretty well recognised. Uh, for me, he he. I mean, he driving that, and his great and his ability to attract great staff. Like he's yeah. got some, he's got some amazingly good people working. Like, um, like Bron, uh, who is a friend of mine. She she used to own a, a restaurant called Merrycoat in in uh, just in Westgarth. Yeah, uh, it was a one hat place. Uh, she she's got a remarkable palate and incredible knowledge, and this great in this great. Um, I suppose hospitality attitude, like uh, when when you're being taken care of, care of as a customer by mm. her, you feel this genuine warmth. Uh, so she t- like like in the industry, she's she's really well regarded. But she does rock star shifts at at, at um, oh, the right. Lincoln. You know what I mean? It's like she would she would happily bring a whole restaurant's worth of people to whenever venue she she could she comes yeah. up with next. But yeah, to to Ooh, have her she pops in on the floor. There. That's yeah, to cool. have, um, the guys. The there's a whole bunch of uh, Black Pearl alumni behind the bar now. Yeah. At times, um, at times there's been a lot of there's a there's a cocktail there's a set of bars in london it's a um they're renowned for their their training uh it's and and he's had um he's had a whole series of those bartenders just kind of appear out of nowhere so really highly skilled professionals yeah. in that place and it's, it's it comes across when you when you're there that yeah. you know people know what they're talking about yeah because you know, i'll pop i live around there at the moment. Yep. And so sometimes I'll just pop in on the way home from work. Like I walk home from work, so I literally have to walk past the Lincoln to get home. Oh, which is a, what a shame. That must suck. That's yeah, be terrible. Well, yeah. so- <laughs> you say that, but then again, you did choose to live in a direct line. between. <laughs> I did specifically say to the real estate agent, I need to live within a block of the Lincoln. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, 
and you do get that, you know, like I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I do like, you know, craft beers and stuff and yeah. they'll have a lot of different stuff on oh, tap yeah. all the time. Yep. And it is that kind of thing like, what's the Schmoiken Doika IPA like? Yeah, and then yeah, like it. seven minutes later, you're like, oh, cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll have, like I'll have that it's really funny it's like it's in the heart of the of the union of the union kind of mm. building area and to sit like like and those guys there's a whole range of people who work within that sphere but to see like a couple of old old tradies come wandering and sitting and drinking Carlton draft yeah sitting right next Ooh. to someone who's drinking this cloudy this cloudy weirdo saison. beardy yeah. oh yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, saison. or even wine like uh, or and then someone else will be drinking cocktails at the bar you know yeah all within this mix yeah. is i remember is it just... back in it's when it really was the etu pub which was oh, the electrical yeah, yeah. trades yeah. union pubs this would have been 93 right and being in there like when people were throwing bar stools at each other yeah. smashing the tv that was above the corner Door. Yeah. I can remember that really specifically. I was still very much a country boy. Yeah. And I got taken there by my cousin who was sort of involved in the union movement and yeah. labour politics. And that was just nuts. Let me take you to a real pub. And it was also it was also the pub where um, Jeff and Kathy Jackson, who were from the HSUA and various four corners, you know, investigations fame. Um, that was where they drank on a Friday night. That's where the health wow. unions all drank yeah. when they were, you know, I won't go into all the allegations about it, but it was, that was sort of where all sorts of people went for meetings in the union movement on yeah, a Friday right. night. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, because it's right in the guts of it all. So, Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Um, yeah, I suppose, and I'll, I'll throw in a couple others if, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Go for it. Um, so, so recently, I, I go there fairly regularly. Recently, I went to, um, uh, Heartbreaker in the city. I love Heartbreaker. Heartbreaker is is just so. So it, it's it is, such a di- like they self-professed yeah. dive bar, and yep. they're hundred percent correct. It's, <laughs> it, it is that. So there's there's a there's a beer and whiskey place down the road, and I won't I won't mention their name, but that feels. That feels contrived. It feels like like I know, the, I know the place yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the, there's there's like there's like those fake facade kind of yeah. brick things on the wall and like yeah like they bought the interior from a kit yeah yeah that's I mean? yeah, how yeah, my yeah, father yeah. describes yeah. certain irish pubs that it feels like yeah, it was yeah, all shipped it. out yeah. of a container and, and unloaded yeah, on one day totally like, totally heartbreak the irish pub interior from ikea yeah yeah, yeah totally <laughs> yeah exactly uh, it's exactly. radio tools <laughs> tjo rocks <laughs> Technically, Heartbreaker is the same because before it was Heartbreaker, it was like Mai Tai, that crazy yes, kind of, yeah, yeah. That was there for a long time. That was there for ages. I have and no idea. And I never idea. really saw anyone drinking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I drank there once. <laughs> oh, there we go. And it was full of the National Front. It was full of blokes. Yeah, we were really? Like, yeah, absolutely. Which seemed like an odd choice of venue for them. Wow. Their world think, yeah. Yeah, it was, I'll never forget it. I'm just like that's weird. I, w- I would love to like power. These delicious. These my ties. These my Pina colada. Mm, where have you been all my life? <laughs> <laughs> so just the idea of a bunch of skinheads drinking my ties. Yeah, is hilarious yeah. to me. <laughs> I can re- I can distinctly remember having to explain to the person I was drinking with what all their tattoos meant, and it was ah, just what it was right. like. Oh yeah, it was Ooh, like geez. yeah, it was just it was just like so we left after a short period of time. Yeah, but and what like and why not the Exford? If you, if you, if you, if exactly. within that block. It, but, and and if you're 
if they're block, did they just go to the Chinese food <laughs> in Burke Street? Which again Is seems to undermine their... Yeah. I bet you 100%. Or they've been over the road at stalactites and yeah, enjoying the group. Exactly. You know, All right, yeah. gentlemen, we'll meet at China Bar and we'll discuss how we're going to take down <laughs> the system from the inside. And then we're off to... Have some Mai Tai. Have some pina coladas. <laughs> You're the worst racist of all time. Yeah, these guys. <laughs> oh, jeez. Just because we're into white power doesn't mean we don't get to enjoy these tasty cocktails. Oh, man. That's so oh. Australian. I love it. Yeah, they are uh, very much. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's Heartbra- Heartbreaker is, is out of the box too. Like you think, yeah, it was my mm. time a couple of months ago. That they've, they've been playing it. It is a dive bar, but... They've they have they've done it to a T. Like a, a friend of mine, we went a few years ago, uh, oh, a little while ago. We went to a we went to New York, and I love dive bars. I'm a huge fan of dive bars. Like, matter of fact, even general ones where the the Exford is isn't a dive bar, but it's just a crappy pub. And I love that. Yeah, because, I, yeah, especially when you've worked high end for a while, mm. just getting down there and seeing the opposite side and kind of not having any. Inhibitions. Yeah. I, mean, yeah, it's, I it's just, just want to play pool a, and drink Melbourne. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Exactly. Just yeah. an English backpacker asleep on the pool table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. That's, Some that's girl it. yelling at the jukebox because the song hasn't been played yet, not realizing <laughs> that twelve other people have put a song on before her. Yeah, <laughs> precisely. I've precisely. been to the Exford a bit. Yeah, it reminds me. <laughs> I think it was at one stage sort of owned by the same people as owned the Carlton when the Carlton oh, was yeah. upstairs. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I could imagine that. Yeah. And the Carlton's where I first kissed my wife. So, you know, the, all of these places have a a strong part yeah. in my history. <laughs> you know, the, the Carlton's when, uh, like, I, I once walked in the Carlton. I, I, of course, the, in this format, you wouldn't now see that I'm of Chinese origin. I walked into the Carlton once and it... it it was really weird. It was like that scene out of a movie when when just <laughs> the whole bar goes quiet Record and looks scratch. And it's like some the yeah, the saloon doors swing open. Yeah. It was like that. And I don't think it was actually like everyone just turning around and looks but it just suddenly went silent and I'm like, oh and then I found out the history of it because it was yeah, it was it's had a really it's yep. it's the yeah. It's I don't know if it says much about you and Jen the first time. It's, it's, the, it's okay. I, I, the, the, the quick rundown of sort of Carlton stories. It's the first place I kissed my wife. It's the first pub I ever had a gun pulled on me. Oh. It, it, it was one night that I had to leave. So this was an upstairs pub for people who don't know. I had to leave this by going the- out the window, running across at the top of the veranda and jumping and catching onto a pole and shimmying <laughs> down and going into the night. <laughs> But my favourite Carlton store is actually my father's. So they used to be a big fish tank in sort of front of the door. So oh, you'd yeah. walk in the main doors and more or less have to walk either side of the fish tank. Right. And he can remember a fight between – they used to be like full of – full of not sort of high-level bikies, but no. bikies and sort of other people, but a fight breaking out and someone sort of having to run for the door and just going straight through the fish tank and glass and water and fish exploding Ooh, everywhere. And it, it just always reminds me of the end of Epic by Faith No More. There's, <laughs> there's just that fish just sort of flopping on. 
Oh, jeez. Yeah, so it's a, it was a, I remember the venue being like this as well. So it's a slightly different uh, place than it is now. Yeah, where very it's much. Like yeah. Stuffed giraffe with a pearl necklace. <laughs> yeah, on. That's yeah, that's a, yeah, not not that place. It doesn't. Um, we we've we're, we're digressing, but at least it's still on the topic of booze. Um, yeah, heartbreak. So Just I love to be booze adjacent. One. Yeah, yeah that's way down Russell Street. Um, heartbreaker, heartbreaker. Like, so, so back to my story about New York. Um, I, we were, we were hanging out and I was visiting dive bars and mm. a friend of mine decided to take us to the dive bar, which Coyote Ugly, the movie Coyote Ugly was based on. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it was, <laughs> and it was amazing, but this was like, this was like Tuesday afternoon. Like she's got the day off work and, and we were just hanging out being tourists. Yes. And you walk in this bar and it's still dark. Like all the windows are painted over. Yeah. It's dark. There's only the bartender who's standing there in, in like a uh, halter top and, and torn, torn like Daisy Duke shorts. Um, a couple sitting in the corner just quietly talking and drinking themselves. Yeah. You know, dark venue, gritty, uh, about about like I don't know several thousand bras hanging off the ceiling, <laughs> like shock a block. <laughs> That's not where I thought the story. No, it, it was it was and it was genuine. Like there just the, the whole bar was full of whiskey. There was two beers on tap. Um, big old black empty room. Like it was Ooh. it was it was exactly what you'd feel that that dive bar would be, and yeah. like that Kyogre idea. And so, and the music was playing, like the venue was empty and they were playing like 80s, like glam rock uh, <laughs> into an empty, like to two customers and Dr. apparently- feel good yeah, I was going to say, it was Vince Neil, one of the two customers. Uh, here you are, Mr. Neil, we'll put your favourite soundtrack, you, on. I love it when you guys play me. <laughs> it was just, it was just great. So my friends telling me the story, saying, telling us about, oh, this is the bar that the movie Coyote Ugly is based on, and she just was getting into some detail, and all of a sudden, the music has just stopped, and there's dead silence. We've looked at the bartender. The bartender's pulled out a megaphone, and through it, as loud as she could, have said. That story would be a lot fucking funnier if you had cocktails in your hand. <laughs> and us gaping mouth, the music, she just puts down the microphone, switches the music on and goes back to polishing glasses. It's <laughs> kind of staring at us. It was like, you know what? She's right. <laughs> so we all order and we just drink and hang out in the place. And yeah, it's like, and, and that feeling is... That is wonderful. It's so fucking New York. (laughs) Like it is. It's like uh, and that idea of a don't give a shit. Don't care. Welcome to Warren Wu's hospitality finishing school. (laughs) (laughs) Have you yelled at your customers through a microphone? If not, you're not doing it right. I think you're giving Dave some really bad (laughs) ideas. Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How could? Please don't get Dave. Welcome to Megaphone Night at Royal Mail and Spencer. Yeah, that'd be sick. Oh, I'd come in for that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's that I is. To get you a megaphone. <laughs> that is I'm, what 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 heartbreaker. The heartbreaker has an essence of that. Yeah, like the fact that the bartenders, 
They only give two shits. They only give half a shit about it. I don't know how those guys found all those people who fit <laughs> so perfectly into the dive bar feel. The fact that, like, if a good <laughs> so- song comes on, the bartender's, like, starts swinging the, the pendant lights. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, 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 but it's still got great beers and great whiskeys and, like, the atmosphere is really terrific. I was there, the, I was there, when I was there a couple of weeks ago, we ordered a pizza. It was delivered by someone. In an avocado costume. Like <laughs> <laughs> a full on avocado costume. You could barely walk, but it was, it was like a limb. And the pub was like Pizza. the bar was full. <laughs> it was just, and it was delicious. The, the pizza was delicious. The music was awesome. That's we funny, got yeah. completely drunk. Yeah. You, and you know you're safe. And that's a venue built by the same guys who, who own the Everly. On uh, just off yeah. Gertrude Ooh. Street, which is super high end, uh, like like cocktail bar. It mm. is it is a beautiful kind of speakeasy style, tucked away, yeah. the, really well executed. That vibe of it that you, that you speak of, it kind of reminds me of um, places like Pony. Oh yeah, yeah, Ooh, totally. Sort of yeah, 10, 15 yes. years ago. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, yeah, you could go there at any time. I mean, it was open oh, till yeah. stupid o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a Melbourne band called Treetops that have a song called Pony in the Morning. Oh, and it's, <laughs> it's such a beautiful song, but the lyrics are so depressing. Yeah. It's about a guy who just won't leave Pony, which is basically <laughs> yeah, the singer of that the... band. Um, but that had that vibe as well. Absolutely. You know, like just, it was, Absolutely. It was a great bar, but so filthy that any, you could just have fun without worrying about breaking anything yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and Heartbreaker has that. Yeah, yeah. Sort of. But then, essence, but then gen- they've gentrified it enough ways because you know that everything's clean and everything's polished. Yeah. Like the, yeah. the, 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 cock- the, the cocktails in Vercoms they sell are the Everly bottled, like the Everly bottling company's pre batched cocktails. So you get, it's like they're, they're, they're just really finessed. And, because it's from the same group, you get an ice block, which has taken like three days to form for, through this. The, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, those ice, yeah, yeah. those, the, so perfectly clear block of ice. Which, like, I did notice that the first time I went there, it's like that seems very high end. Yeah. You know, for yep. like a scotch. Yeah, yeah Ooh, totally. You know, you know what I mean? For like for here. Yeah, yeah. You know because I mean? you expect Where... just rough and, and, and like just come out of some dirty ice machine. And that's the feeling you get from the place. But what they actually put out is still really, it's like, it's all class. Their beer list, as soon as you look at the beer list and you notice there's no, there's no CB or Lion Nathan products on there. You yeah. know, oh, this is a bit different. Because mm-hmm. yeah, minor. And they, there's like, it's, it's, so that, as uh, uh, that that just remarkable, and my, they must churn like uh, from a financial point of view, it churns dough too, which is just yeah, yeah you know, mm-hmm. winning combination. Uh, they're presenting something which is really awesome, and it's doing well for them. So yeah, that's really cool. So they they'd be two of my kind of fun places to visit. And there's other there's a oh, I could go on forever. Like this <laughs> this city is a great city for drinking. Mm-hmm. You've decided to yeah. stop drinking, of course, at the Royal Mail on Spencer after the incident on Friday night where you came in, <laughs> sat down, and were halfway through your first beer, and we got slammed by the crowd who were coming to see Toto at Festival Hall, and oh, so you had to get up, Warren, from your seat. This Warren. Yeah, this Warren. You on Friday. Yeah. That's it. Oh, along, <laughs> along with other identities. So we, we mustered a number of customers to bus glasses and watch. It wasn't really the relaxing Friday night you had in mind no, when you walked in oh, the door, no, was it? Was it? Was all, it was still good. It was still fun. Like, you know, it's good to see, yeah. 
it. It's kind of good to see it busy. Um, it was yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> I just I, I was just sitting there and like and and. And, and like, and David Jed didn't look too frazzled, so I thought oh, that's maybe, that's very kind of you. Yeah, maybe maybe they're okay. And then I've got to ask, oh no, we should. I I, I I can't feel bad if I just sit here drinking. It's the Hospo code, right? Ooh, like yeah. that's if you're somewhere and you know the people who are working there and they're flat out. Yeah, and then you can't help but yeah. feel guilty for just, just sitting around drinking. Like, yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. Like, yeah, I feel guilty. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can't, yeah. which makes it very hard to go to a bar and relax. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's what we just do all that drinking in parks now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, I love park drinking. It's maybe okay. we should come, maybe we should come up with a, uh, like a self-serve bar for hospitality workers. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Can, <laughs> it's just like a vending yeah. machine, like yeah. a beer vending and all, machine. Yeah, all it does yeah, is yeah. cans so you don't have to wash anything. And a couple wheelie bins in the corner. Yeah, I would go there. Hospital yeah. workers can actually relax yeah. without worrying yeah. about, you know, is that person getting paid award wages? Or do you hope <laughs> they <laughs> are? <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a dumb question that we ask everybody, but it is the name of the podcast, so we're going to ask you as well, Warren. What is the strangest or funniest thing you've seen or experienced in a cool room? Uh, this, yeah, this, this is actually really good question because I, <laughs> surprisingly enough this the, you're the first person to ever say that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good surprise yeah um i am surprised yeah. I'm, the, well uh, I, well first of all probably the good listeners should know because they'd be surprised at the fact that these guys send out the questions prior to <laughs> <laughs> with that level of professional like, you wouldn't now, think it from listening yeah, yeah that's it exactly the professionalism here is remarkable um but yeah so when i'm ruining our, <laughs> our look <laughs> man you're <laughs> meant to be laid back larrikins. <laughs> <laughs> they do everything on the fly, man. <laughs> yeah, it's like jazz. It's like jazz. <laughs> uh, so, so my parents owned the that Chinese restaurant in country town type deal. Yeah. Uh, when I was growing up, um, it's it's. Uh, and we were in Colac, uh, Singbo, if anyone ever remembers that. So in Colac, <laughs> on Murray Street, it was right next to the Ford dealership. Um, <laughs> is that it was there forever. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just all, it's all, I'm adding, I'm adding like, color. Yeah, I'm adding <laughs> color to this. So we, uh, the, my parents leased the, the, the space from, uh, from a guy. I don't know. I don't know what Graham did, but he was like, it was like handyman. Oh no, maybe it was an electrician. It was a tradie, but good guy, like really good guy. Um, loved boating, kind of that type of deal. And it was like at the back was his warehouse and toolkit, and he'd park his his truck there. Oh. Um, and his boat would be there. Uh, and we'd and we'd had the front half, which was appointed as a as a lovely eighties um, Chinese restaurant. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it did really well. It was great. It was uh, my parents. Yeah, my par- I think my parents did. As good a job as anyone. Uh, one day, like I used to, I used to, so I knew the soft drinks, like the rack up soft drinks were in the cool room. Yeah. And of course, like if I was, if I was at the restaurant kind of on the rare occasion, I see my parents, like as, 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 as other Chinese would attest, you, you, you know, they work their asses off so you have a better life. Um, I don't know what happened here, but you know, they did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've wandered into the cool room and I'm met by like what seemed to be a great white shark 
in the, just sitting. It wasn't. It was like a gummy shark. It was like a shark <laughs> sitting in the middle of the cool room. <laughs> it's not a massive cool room. So it took up the entire aisle that was that runs down the centre. It was like, yeah, this shark just sitting there. <laughs> That'll teach you for trying to get, get yeah, in yeah, there yeah, and nick it. This is what happens to Yeah, it's like finding a horse's head in your bed. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah, there's a shark at the door. You steal one more coke and yeah. you're swimming with the fishes <laughs> more, you know what I mean? <laughs> so that was, yeah, that was, so yeah, I freaked me out. That's still haunting. Like, is that clearly I'd, still haunting? Yeah, yeah. I'd forgotten until I read that stupid horrific thought like, you know, four or five-year-old kid opens up a door and met by a shark. <laughs> we do have a fund for therapy for any guests on the show. We find that people have a lot of post-traumatic stress disorders <laughs> after doing the podcast. So if you need a therapist, give us a call. We'll pay for it. <laughs> So, um, you started your hospital career as a sommelier. Oh, I yes. started, oh, nah, I started off my, my hospital career, uh, where I worked at, I worked at like a, uh, like a bus here at, at, um, at Mieta's in, in Queenscliff. Ooh, so she had a uh, hotel in Queenscliff. Uh, yeah. And I just kind of, I, I kind of just did weekend shifts there, just after school, kind of, oh, right. uh, weekends and yeah, I didn't really do the after school, but weekends and stuff, just running around there. Um, I did, I, I kind of, and I was rubbish. I was really crap at it. It's like, it, like any kind of kid, you just, yeah, you're more in the way than anything, but they can't feel sorry for you. Um, there was a whole bunch of, yeah, and I, I, and then I worked kind of as a waiter for a while in this yeah. and that cafes. Uh, throughout uni, I was, I, I worked, uh, for those people in Clayton, they probably, of my vintage, I probably remember Nacho's Mexican Cantina, um, <laughs> which was a, attached to some like roadhouse, um, motel. <laughs> Uh, just near the uni, yeah. and that was, I did that for ages. Uh, I've got some really good memories, and still got some good friends from that. It, it, it was like, yeah, it was a ripoff of Taco Bill. But the, I just the, love it. It's it's the most like it's just the most base name for a Mexican. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, what can we call it? Uh, Mexican nachos. Nachos. <laughs> Mexican. Cantina. Cantina. <laughs> <laughs> like that amount of effort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just in case nachos didn't give it away for you, yeah. we'll mention it's Mexican, <laughs> and and like it's a place you can stop, like a cantina. Oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> we we can't call a bar a restaurant. What would the Mexicans call it? <laughs> a cantina. <laughs> Did it have the word authentic in the title yeah. anywhere at all? <laughs> like, I, I strangely feel like it was like in this scripted neon font on top of the menu, on the front page of the laminated <laughs> menus. Like I just get the impression I can kind of see it in my head. I don't know whether or not it exists. It's like, don't let the truth get in the way of good story. Yeah, exactly <laughs> you know? right. Authentic Let's say, yeah. Mexican cuisine. <laughs> Palmer and chips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have the steak and two oh, palmies, yeah. things. It was, and it was fun, like, and doing it was That's kind awesome. of fun. It was yeah. a whole bunch of uni students. Uh, you know, we, we, yeah, it was just good. And we just, just smash it out. It was, it was yeah. great. And it was always busy and kind of just did what it did. Uh, it was a good uni job. Yeah. And then, and then kind of gradually worked my way up to different restaurants. Um, I did, I studied engineering. I did work as an engineer for a while. Right. But that, so I'm there. Yeah, that it just didn't get me. It just wasn't particularly exciting or engaging. Yeah. Um. When you, I think pretty much, I don't know. Maybe kids are smarter now, but pretty much every person who studied engineering back in my day thought they would be building like 
uh, fighter jets and um, <laughs> and and monster trucks. So, <laughs> like, that's, I'm an engineer. How old were you? Fourteen when, 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 when you studied your degree. I mean, I know you're a smart bloke. <laughs> but, but you know, you just you just do. You either go be driving trains or <laughs> building monster trucks or fighter planes. Like in your head, you've just got this. I'm going to make Voltron. For the most part, you've just got this fantastic view of the engineering life, and it's it's pretty. Of course, it's go. It's just dry, and yeah. and I got and and so uh, I went back into I went back into the 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 restaurant world and got jobs here and there, pretty high in places. And um, bartending was a big part of that too. I I worked as a bartender. I I helped um I helped open a little bar called um uh a Gold Monkey on Hardware Lane, which is oh, yeah. yeah that kind of uh Shanghai opium den themed uh kind of R and B. <laughs> tiki bar. <laughs> yeah, I what were you saying before about you can't be all things to all people? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> and these guys won one like, and I'm not sure how they how they decide this. These guys won best new bar of the year, which was a surprise to everyone in the place. <laughs> when, that, the, when we were up to the award, the the bartender magazine awards, we just stormed that 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 stage like a pack of maniacs like it was just yeah and we had no idea too like it's like when a french film wins an academy award (laughs) yeah yeah, that's exactly genuinely surprised yeah yeah someone they don't have hollywood agents who've worded them up a week before (laughs) hey you're winning best actor next week yeah they just they've flown over on a whim oh maybe we've been nominated so we'll just go we get to go to the oscars and then they win they're like what the fuck let's do this um yeah and then you learned how to spell the word smillier and yeah that's well, it's, you've got to specialize. You've got to specialize in something. Like you've got to kind of find. Well, your that was going to be my question. How did how do you become? Um, going back to my roots, we're kind of known as fairly tight <laughs> culture <laughs> in terms of money. We're like people the, from Colac, you mean? Yeah, people from Colac. <laughs> yeah, I have heard that about yeah, people from Colac. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> shout out to all our listeners in Colac. <laughs> There's so so the Chinese are basically pretty like yeah that 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 racial stereotype um yeah I'm happy to I'm happy to put my hand up and go yeah I can understand where that comes from <laughs> what's that saying yeah like when dealing with the Chinese make sure you get the longest end of the short end of the stick <laughs> <laughs> let me go away and think about that yeah, for a yeah, while just, just let you digest the <laughs> it's, a, yeah, it's a little more zen than most Irish things. <laughs> Which just tend to be about potatoes, yes. <laughs> potatoes. and drinking. I was going to say that the majority of the words in it is fuck. <laughs> so how do you? So so, so like so it, like and I'm 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 the type of person is I want to try like I've done enough to know that I want to try that I'm happy to spend some really big money on a bottle of booze. Yeah, but the idea is to know why you're spending money on the value yeah. behind right. doing that. Right. Like there's there's so so let's pick on another big company because that's kind of the type of person I am. Yeah, uh, so let's the man. yeah let's stick it to the man. So so Penfold's Grange or Penfold's Full Stop is a, a like historically really important for Australia, a high quality product, mm. kind of pretty remarkable. Um, and 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 yeah, as I said, for the wine in, for the Australian wine industry, a really. Uh, like a kind of a watershed moment, and the and and the world 
one industry important mm. for a whole bunch of reasons kind of blending and 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 the style and scale of what they were doing and the quality uh, just really yeah. important um but when you're looking at something of when you're looking at value sure you can look at quality you can look at the quality but the price of it why are you paying why are you paying hundreds of dollars for this what what yeah. makes it so special and all right sure there's there let's look at supply and demand there must be a demand there so it's there but if there's like a case at every dan murphy's and every lick land in this country how much of it is there like yeah. there's they don't they don't say <laughs> grange don't say or penfolds don't say we've these, numbered a thousand bottles yeah that's it yeah. Or, or they don't tell you exactly where they can source it they can source from anywhere what their their criteria is quality grape so well, climate change will be affecting them because, like this last that last week across the whole of Australia, with forty degree mm. kind of heat wave, yeah, that would really affect them. In, that would actually affect them in a way. But generally, generally, um, uh, individual vineyards and regions will be will, won't all be hit by the same thing. You can find pockets of quality within that, and mm. Grange with their buying power. I mean, Penfolds with its growing power could can buy what they need. So the. If you if we compare that product to a to a product of similar quality, like um like uh, the Hill of Grace, mm. uh, like Henschke's Hill of Grace, yeah, it's called the Hill of Grace because it comes from one hill, right. the Hill of Grace. Yeah, it's it's like sure they can plant more, they can do different things, but when it all comes down to it, if they are hailed out, there's no production that year. Yeah. If they if they if some massive event occurs. That's just completely destroyed that thing. And on top of that, um, I think they're, uh, they're, they're, they're organically certified or they're, they're very much in the organic and biodynamic practices, uh, really kind of low production type stuff. Yeah. Comparing the two, why am I paying X number of dollars for this product? I can see why I'm paying X number of dollars for, for the one where there's only a limited amount of production. Yeah. So it's kind of like ideas like that and, and, and those issues kind of really came into why I, I got in wine. So right. if I'm going to buy expensive bottle wine or I see expensive bottle wine, where, where does that expense come from? And a lot of the time, the beauty of it is because it tells you about, it tells you about a time and a place. You can, you can tell about, the year that was picked, well, so so white when I was tasting properly, when I was really well, was really tasting uh, in a in a studious way, uh, and it'd be I don't know, a um, hundred a hundred different wines a week. Uh, I could I could for the most part I could give you a region pretty consistently, right? And I could give you. Uh, great varietals were, were coming pretty easily. Some of the Italians occasionally were mixed up, but generally, uh, anything of French origin or, or would become pretty easily. Right. And I could give you a, a vintage pretty accurately. Um, especially if I could just quickly look up vintage reports, I could probably tell you what vintage that came from. <laughs> and that's remarkable. That's something you put in your face to get drunk with. <laughs> yep. But if you think about it a little bit, all of a sudden it's taking you to a year and a place. And if the, and the guys who are really good at it, who could give you vineyards and, and producers, and there's a lot of producers who have a signature and you taste it and you go, oh, yeah, I could, that's definitely him because that's what he does or yeah, she right. does, I should say. Yeah. Um, you, you can tell a producer. So you've taken it to a time and a place and a person. Mm. How many things in life can really 
do that? How many things in life can really can have that transcendent value where where yeah. it's beyond just simply the enjoyment of a thing? And that's pretty. And that and once you start getting addicted to that, and that's yeah. and and I'm I'm going to piss off a lot of, a lot of um, your audience here, but I don't think you could get that with brewing. Uh, it just you, it's yeah. it's just not about that it's not that's not part of it anyway and you know there's guys who who grow their own grain or or, or growing their own hops and yeah that's that's pretty cool and that's where it has to go to really do it yeah but but for the most part yeah like you buy like most of the most of even the micro breweries would would buy in their grain they're buying their hops i mean they can get them from anywhere so it doesn't have that place you could tell who's brewed it perhaps but for the most part most most punches couldn't so yeah it's it's that's that's what got me into wine and products full stop like cigars like cupid cigars you could do a similar thing not to the same extent not with the same single kind of vineyard or plot or plantation yeah but you roll, but but it's like that's it's three leaves. It's effectively three leaves go into making every cigar, and right. they're all hand rolled, and that's that's remarkable. And so coffee, the same thing. Like all these farmers who who've got their little plots, and yeah. you know most of them can't use pesticides because you can't drive a truck up the hills of, of most of the coffee plantations mm. throughout the world. Well, most of the more smaller coffee plantations throughout the world because they're in ridiculous places. Yeah, it's it's, it's there is there is a set if if it if it's transcendent, if it could take you to a place, then it immediately has a different value from what yeah. what, what something else does, where where you can generic generically make it or or it's yeah. manufacturing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's that was a long answer to no, a, a pretty a good one. Basic <laughs> <laughs> question, but there you go. That's and so, when you're putting together a wine list yeah. as a sommelier, how do you sort of approach that, and how do you take those values you've just spoken about there yeah. and actually make it into something you're presenting so, to other people? Yeah, there's the I, I teach the guys. So I run a little wine bar, a uh, little thing, and that's about to, to do. There's some changes going on there, but we won't talk about that. Um, I run a little wine bar, and what the one of the things we teach, and I try to teach this to everyone when it comes to wine and enjoying wine. Um, just basic quality comes with uh, four things: balance, length, intensity, complexity. So with a wine, the balance is how well all the components are lined up and, and settled in together. Uh, length is how long that wine kind of lingers on your palate. Uh, intensity, how how forward, how powerful that wine comes through. Uh, it doesn't have to be a big old wine to have intensity. Uh, you know, like there's intensity that comes from 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 the most delicate pinots from Burgundy, uh, and they command ridiculous amounts of money. But you know, there's intensity there in complexity. How many components have gone into that wine? How many components can be detected? Mm. Uh, and that's not necessarily a whole, a whole like, like if it's got more flavors, then it's more complex. Yeah. If one of those flavors is a perfect note, there's complexity in that too. You know what I mean? Mm. And that alludes to how I've also, how you could use it in music. Like, so. Uh, balance is that song. Does that song have balance? Is it yeah. is it is it in tune? Are the bits are the bits that stick out are they supposed to stick out? Uh, length. Does that tune hang in your head? 
does it you yeah. know it's not how long the song is but how does it does it stick in your mind do, do, do parts of it mm. stick in your mind uh intensity like the, almost the importance of the tune does it does it you know where's it come from where's its history mm. and uh complexity you know it's like sati who who does these piano uh, these piano pieces um or classical kind of modern classical uh he he's he's really stark they're really they're really austere cartoons but every note's beautiful and there's space in between them yeah so it's like it doesn't necessarily need to be full of stuff but how how's that stuff come through so even music you can you can do that and get back to your question a wine list hmm. is there's a wine list uh do what it needs to do is there is there this and that in it is it i mean does it have uh expensive products um does it have uh, the more good value products you know all those different things uh length you know could you come back and read it again and still find enjoyment in it like is, is there bits and pieces on there that will keep on attracting you so length in that respect uh intensity you know it's once again how how have you got important examples have you got uh examples which are, are relevant to what you're trying to do in complexity you know it's mm-hmm. like what what's on there what's you know what are the components that come together and put it together so yeah that's 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 a wine list and you know take those rules and i i try to take them for a lot of different things i do yeah. like we yeah. have a similar approach to beer lists here because yeah. like in, yeah. in the sense of you want a classic porter so we have the yeah. sierra nevada porter on you want you know a classic australian pale ale you want totally. you know sort of classic totally. examples of yeah. certain beers and then some fun sort of experiments that sometimes work and sometimes fail mm. but it's actually fun to enjoy the failures because they actually show you why yeah. the good ones are good. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the whole idea is like, yeah, it's quite simply. You don't need 15 stouts on a, on yeah. a, in a beer list. It's like, or, or, you don't? <laughs> you sure won't? It is, that <laughs> is a confronting thought for many people. But if you had a stout-themed bar... You'd need. Oh, jeez. Yeah, like that would be that would be something. <laughs> we had a customer come in on Friday night, a bloke I know, a really nice guy, and he wanted to drink the darker beers, and browns and yeah, porters yeah. and stouts. And we went through the five of them that we have in the fridge in the middle of summer in Australia. Yeah. And then there was a sort of this sense of disappointment. I go, well, you can always move on to things like the brew dog dog f. Yeah. yeah. But that's going to be seventy bucks. Oh, I don't want to do that. Was like, well, you've you've, you've gone through the five dark yeah. beers we have on in summer. Yeah. Go, We've go got another and- 60, 70 beers, but you've drunk that bit of our it menu. Did, it yeah. did get to 42 degrees at about 3.30 that, <laughs> that day. That's exactly yeah, 42 so. degrees Celsius but if you're listening, you know. In- the, the, yeah. <laughs> Nigeria are apparently the largest consumers of Guinness. So, you know. that, that kind right? Of, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if that's all wives. No, I think Room I've looked it up. Guinness? <laughs> <laughs> How good would that or be? the ice. Oh, the, I think it was I, the ice. The I ice. love in Ireland how they, they differentiate. Yeah. yeah, there's Guinness and yeah. then there's Guinness ice. Yeah, <laughs> for you crazy just folks, just like, yeah, old just in case an antimadarian kind of just drops in and oh, <laughs> you like your big gold. They hear that. Yeah, they hear the accent. They just put the pint glass straight under the <laughs> yeah, Guinness. Yeah, yeah. Don't bother with that. Um, you've been working on a sign at uh, Mount Alexander Road, just up the road from us, where you've tried a different, uh, a couple of different things there yeah hospital wise can you talk us through the history of what you've done there and what hasn't hasn't so, worked yeah so has and has, hasn't, hasn't yeah. worked um so it, we started out, my own questions <laughs> <laughs> we started out as a little um so it started out i took it no i i wasn't kind of 100 percent sure what i was going to do but we ended up 
going. And this probably harks back to my comment before on Nacho's Mexican Cantina. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Still I the thought best Mex- name of anything ever. <laughs> I thought, like, I spent a lot of time in California. It was awesome. It was great. It was just a guy hanging out and just dubbing. Uh, and, like, Mexican food there was a big part of why I did and just kind of Doing mm. it, um, and I thought it's maybe so good in it is, yeah, so good because they've got that. All, it's got it's got such a beautiful range, and mm. even the authentic stuff is because it's more affluent. It's just fresher and yeah. just a, just a little bit more or detail to it, I suppose. Um, but then again, you could get the really authentic style as well. Yeah, so it, it's terrific. And I thought, well, maybe and and I'd I'd eaten different tacos because they're cheap and easy uh and i really like the idea of evolving it from what is mainly in the australian market which is um tex-mex style stuff yeah into something a little bit more different into something that would maybe suit the australian palette a little bit more Mm. uh and it's kind of surprising in my head i thought maybe it could be el paso palette yeah, the El Paso Palo. Yeah, <laughs> just getting away from the El Paso Palo a little bit. Yeah. And and I, so the idea of it was it's going to be a, effectively a food truck in a in a in a venue. So the right. just tacos, margaritas, and um, and beers, uh, pretty much. A uh, little bit of wine, but that, mainly that. Uh, and it was doing it did it it did really well at the start, and it kind of lulled a bit, which is the which is quite typical for most new venues. They'd start, and then it was on its upward trajectory. But at that point, I didn't feel like it was going to take off the way I thought it was. Right. And I had a little baby coming. My wife was, we were about to have a sec- second kid. So, so I needed more time at home and it was taking up a fair bit of time. So, yeah. um, uh, I changed it to Modest Hue, which was a little, uh, which is a wine bar. And that, that was a tough decision. It took, it took kind of um, month, two months to, to do that little bit of conversion. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, it kind of meant I could do more wine-type stuff, which was really easy. The area seemed like it would it would um, take to it, uh, which it sort of has, um, but but a lot more slowly than I thought it would. Yeah. Uh, and it meant that I didn't have – the time commitment wasn't there, so yeah. I could actually be there for the family for right. a little bit yeah, more, which I can't need to be. So it was a, it was a lifestyle decision to, 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 to change it from, from Sugar Skulls in a lot of ways uh, and then, yeah, and, and have that offer, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Sugar Skulls, you know, if you'd have called it Warren's Mexican Cantina, do you think that would have, you know, sort of... <laughs> maybe, maybe I should have. A lot of people said that, suggested that, like, <laughs> Warren something. Uh, yeah, even the wine bar, like, Warren's Wine World was... So, <laughs> what, of the so why Modest Warren's Wine World? I just, like, don't know. Seriously? Yeah, people would uh, like, sounds oh, yeah. like an, It sounds like someone... That sounds like someone who would advertise on SEN, the sports yeah, yeah, radio yeah, yeah, network totally. here in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. yeah good exactly. It's Warren here from Warren's Wine World. Do you like wine? We'll fucking come down to Warren's Wine World and get some fucking wine in your face, you piece of shit. That sounds to me more like sort of Wally World or a yeah, band thing. That's the other thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come to Warren's Wine World. Over here we have three Shiraz vines. And over here we have, you know, an amusing, you know, you know children's playground wine theme. And what's this over here? It's a pin and wine. <laughs> 
helicopter. Flying <laughs> fox. Flying <laughs> fox. And toboggan. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Right, our wine toboggan. I'm glad you didn't call it. No, no, no. Oh, that was not going to fly. But yeah, modest you, modest you, because Hugh Glass was like the guy who developed most of, like he was, he was old colonial days and he was a pastoralist. He was one of the richest guys in Australia at one stage. There were at one stage only five guys in Australia, yeah, and they were true, the richest yeah. five guys yeah, yeah. in Australia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was one of those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, right. You um, know, John MacArthur, you know, you glasses. You. Yeah, yeah, totally. So he, and, and, so, and, and I thought, well, he didn't necessarily, you know, he doesn't necessarily reflect the people of Flemington. Uh, everyone in Flemington, like, uh, let me put it this way. So You're talking about like, me here. So I like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so there's, every suburb has its own kind of, dog like uh, there's a dog predominantly in suburbs so like you think northcote and thornbury like their staffies they all love their staffies all little bulldogs yeah, like this sounds like yeah, a sunday age article yeah, this, is, yeah, this is this is what i'd write as a sunday what, what, what dog then, is your suburb and then like you know uh, uh mainly to all the east they're little like fluffy things poodles, uh, yeah poodles yeah, yeah. uh but in Flemington... That's true. My dad and his girlfriend have poodle and they, they live really? in almonds. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's, oh, that's what I'm talking about. Everything you've ever told me about your father, I don't think of him as a poodle man. I think it's more Maggie's poodle than yeah, it's yeah. my dad's poodle. But still, it just happens. And I like it, yeah. It's Flemington's is greyhounds and predominantly rescue greyhounds. Yeah, yes. We love rescue very greyhounds. True. We're, we're just so into true. it. And I, A, they're very thoughtful. Like, a, like if you're living in a relative... They're, they're lazy as hell. They like as fast as they can run. They don't like doing it often. So they're happy to sit in the corner and 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 do whatever. They're a rug great, you've yeah. got to feed, is what I say about <laughs> my friends' crayons. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, and and they but but this whole rescue bit, like there's there's uh, everyone buys them from from. Oh, um, not buy. Everyone uh, adopts, collects, them, adopts yeah. them from from, uh, from rescue greyhound shelters. So it's and it's it's like that. And there's a moral component to that. Mm. So. Oof. They for Flemington, that's like the richest guy in Australia who is a bit of a gambler and you know hobnobbed with with or well, hobnobbing with politicians. I'm not sure about that one, but you know it's <laughs> it, it's or influencing politicians. That was that was kind of yeah. It wasn't a great reflection on on Hugh Glass. So I call it modest Hugh as a as like a rebranding of right of him. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's a that's long awesome. uh, as a long story. I just thought it'd be kind of fun and um. Yeah, and our our mutual friend, uh, Monkey, who did some graphic design work for me, uh, he thought it'd be really funny as a fig to, to make the symbol of fig leaf. I, totally, I think it's yeah. <laughs> I think we, and there's there's a couple, and if you think about it, like what's really all, lacking is is a photo of you with only the modest fig, fig leaf. Totally, Warren's modest fig leaf. Really, I thought that was clever enough that oh, I don't know. And that, that all came together. That is a hundred percent monkey's sedonic. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Totally. Yeah, like absolutely. He'll say something, and then they like it hangs, and then you're like, oh. <laughs> 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 maybe he's just five seconds smarter than I. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Final question, Warren. If cool. you had a blank check to start any type of hospital business in Melbourne, what kind of business uh, would you start? And where do you think it would work best? Yeah, which, oh. which kind of dog suburb would you... you know? <laughs> we are really sort of devolving into the Sunday age. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, totally. This is what... Um, huh. If you were a colour... Yeah, what, 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 uh, I'm not... I've, I've thought about this a lot. I'm really not sure. Like, and it's... Uh, I'm kind of... I suppose 
if I was younger and stupider, I'd I'd have like I'd have some ideas. Like I'd really uh, part of me would really want to open high end uh, high end restaurant. That would be right. that would be mm. great. That would be like real fine dining. Um, fine dining would be really cool. But I know how much work it takes just to get that thing off the ground. Yeah. It's not, and it is. It's really difficult and. It's 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 not necessarily yeah, and I don't think I I find that I'm as connected to that. I'd I'd really love to, I don't know, uh, country roadhouse. The, yeah. As, as yeah, maybe like just let's like not not necessarily. No, I shouldn't say country roadhouse. That doesn't that doesn't quite. You're really wanting to own Warren's Mexican canteen <laughs> somewhere, yeah, yeah, somewhere around Wood End. There, there, there is like part of me does <laughs> want to try that because it was conceptually it was right. Uh, the branding was pretty close to where I wanted to be. Um, there was a whole bunch of things. I just think it was probably I don't know. It was probably not divey enough. Maybe not divey enough. Maybe people right. needed more there. parking, and, oh, I, and, I'm more not, parking. and I'm not oh, being yeah, totally. sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. It needed more parking. I, I thought the locals would be into it more, and that's why wine bar. I thought, well, yeah, because people, yeah, but no, apparently not. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we'll keep on going with that one. It's a man who's also you know opened other venues, which yeah. I thought oh, this will work because of this, and then you know turned around eighteen months into it at Mister Griffin. Go, mm, this isn't really being what I thought it would which be. I'm it's- I'm really surprised, Mister Grit. Oh well, no, I know why Mister Griffin the clothes uh and, and like <laughs> so and that that doesn't surprise but yeah mr griffith makes sense and i know the hospitality industry is really strange at the moment like the it's, it's everyone's doing burgers and at least at least you guys did that craft beer thing and did it really well and you created a tribe like in in kensington that's i think that's really great that you create like a real tribe place. is a good good yeah. way of describing yeah, the people. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, <laughs> the, the 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 the. I mean, that in a good way, by the way, just for the, anyone who's listening. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It because it, it felt like yeah, that, yeah, really. yeah, yeah. Like, because yeah, the last yeah. day, pe- people were legitimately crying. Yeah, like oh, I'm just gonna miss you guys so much. Yeah. It's like we're not dying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, so we're just closing up. But, well, no, hold on. If you've ever tried to work out how you go get out of the house with your kids at five o'clock before you have to take them back home and put them to bed, that's, I think yeah. that's probably and all where the emotion sudden, was coming yeah, from. Yeah, all of a sudden, it. there's something that does, ticks all those boxes, and I can try craft beer and I can do this. Yeah, oh, this is a winner. Craft beer while you give your kids, yeah, yeah, you know, fried it. chicken. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, and I think it was probably more that that people yeah, were getting yeah, emotional about than missing either David Rob or myself. But it was, yeah, for for the most, it was like it was great. It was It was lots of fun. But that beer, that burger thing, uh, I think, yeah, it's 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 really like if you've only got X amount of hospitality or entertainment dollars to spend, yeah. And you're on your couch ordering Uber Eats uh, and wasting like a big chunk of those. You're missing out on a lot of experiences. I think in a lot and and mostly as burgers. And if you're going out and you're going to have burgers because that's what you're you're you're, you're a it's not very adventurous. Uh, it's it's the it's the it's the equivalent of just I don't know. Uh, Heating up a heating up a pizza in your oven, um, you, you're not. 
especially the crap ones you get nowadays, uh, you're not really adding to the value, the cultural and hospitality value within this yeah, city. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and, uh, and, and I don't There's think... There's so many different things out there that you can... Yeah, yeah totally. It's the people... Try. I mean, yeah, I think we all love a good burger, but I yeah. remain... Well, I was literally gobsmacked by people who eat nothing but burgers yeah. and do so three or four times a day. Yeah. Which and is, it just befuddles me how yeah. you do it. Mm. I couldn't eat the same meal... Three or four times a day. Yeah, I couldn't either. Would, well, what, hang on if, a day. Yeah, there would be people who. Remember, <laughs> we used to have burger a week. No, no. I, I mean, there are some yeah, people. Three who, or four times a week would do. Like that's too. But much. even that, yeah. that's like, like if you're going to eat something in bread. Like there's there's multiple options to go there too. Like, Change it up at least. Get yeah, a toasty every day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Bad me? Go down to Footscray and get yourself a bad me. It costs you like mm. four bucks. <laughs> mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that after the podcast. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's not about me. It's about you, Mark. So there's no off the top of your head. There's nothing. Ah oh, yeah, I like I like. The whole the whole cooking with fire thing sounds really cool. I like the idea of that. I well, there's just there's, a pit in the middle of the Melbourne yeah, C- CBD. Well, that'd be yeah, cool. that, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Or uh, most it sounds like something our mate Monkey would be involved in. Yeah, what are you doing, Monkey? Oh, we're starting a fire pit yeah, <laughs> in Flinders Lane. <laughs> Yeah, that okay, does sound cool, like something. Man. Yeah, you just bring your own meat and stick it in the fire. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. and then you open a high-end butchers the, around, yeah, just right around the corner, the corner but, but, but without any sort of reference to the fact that you're the blokes who own the fire pit. <laughs> yeah, We've no cracked way. the code, yeah. gentlemen. <laughs> but that would be cool. Or like, the, I think, I think the um, the 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 kind of the pop-up restaurant idea hadn't reaches crescendo yeah i think that there could be interesting stuff there what i'd really actually no i do i did have the thought a couple of months ago i can't lift my head it's Quick, just come let's back get our notepads I, had yeah. I, I think warren's got a no, great brain for this this, this, record. this <laughs> no this this probably isn't really doable but it kind of suits where Excellent. i am in my life at the moment but like speaking of in the city getting it so people have already done a couple of containers it's not the containers bit that, that i'm talking about but setting up a Greenhouse in the container. <laughs> this is just gone the wrong way. No, a greenhouse in those containers. And what are you growing in this greenhouse? Yeah, yeah, this that's is, where I, this is where I thought. Oh yeah, this is. I'm um, listening, man. So, so all the bars in the city need need herbs, especially mint, and all sorts of little things. Just kind of almost a farm in the city. Where, it's not a bad idea. Yeah, which is carbon like, neutral mint. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, carbon neutral mint, and you can actually go to the bar slash restaurant and eat and and drink the products but yeah. just have um just have like a, a covered open farm kind of yeah. garden that's a I, idea. I, I feel like i need to sort of go down to um, our kitchen and get one of the guys to come up and just sort of ask them you know off the cuff what are we working on doing downstairs so you don't think we're nicking our idea because we are sort of putting in a herb wall and things yeah yeah, downstairs. yeah. I, think it's, <laughs> so. I, I think more and more that like and the, i'm i'm just kind of rolling in the zeitgeist because that's that's i'm pretty sure they'd be it's the title of my new album rolling in the zeitgeist <laughs> rolling with the zeitgeist um you know what i've always thought just i was just thinking about it then that the city needs that just doesn't exist is a fish and chip shop yeah totally. mm. Yeah. You know what like I mean? A, Especially, yeah. but it's open when you want yeah. to eat that kind of food. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm not, I don't want a fish and chippery. Yeah. Don't give me that bullshit. I don't want to pay $14 for a piece of flake. 
I want like plastic strips on the door. Yep. You walk a, in. A net which contains yeah. a plastic, you know, <laughs> exactly. plastic a net crab. A plastic <laughs> crayfish in it. Yep. And I want to be able to get, you know, two seafood sticks, four steamed Dim Sims yep. and like $3 worth of chips at 2.30 in the morning. On, on that note, can and I say that I... Totter off to my yeah. Uber. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I posted on Instagram last night that, you know, I was, you know, at a marvellous new venue that I've discovered drinking a can of VB on a bar that was made I out of a stump. That. And I said I'd reveal that. And I had steamed oh, yeah. dim sims as my dinner last night with oh. my can of VB while standing in the field. My um, my uh, idea for for Flemington, and I, I, it was it was in the works, was taking the old RSL on Rankins Road. Yeah, and upstairs is it was like. Oh, upstairs was 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 unrenovated, a bit shoddy. But it could something could have been done. You know that terrible. Bit, bit shoddy is underselling it, but yep. yeah, yeah, <laughs> that terrible seventy. But it could have been lifted. That terrible seventy car, but just needed to fix the roof. But I was going to do craft beer there, uh, craft beer and whiskey there. Yeah, and all the food would be like seventies uh, fish and chip shop stuff, like chico oh, rolls. Awesome. And and dim sim steamed or fried or and just kind of like do modern condiments for them though like you, you know sriracha sauce on a dim sim is actually a winning combination it is pretty good. yeah and like or sriracha on, and soy mixed together oh yeah yeah totally so or, or a whole bunch of those like just just kind of jazz them up just a little bit not too yeah. much yeah. or more or less what I used to do at sugar skulls which was get the potato gems and then put five different types of hot oh, sauce yeah, on totally. them you know yeah, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> He's like, now I try this one. <laughs> now I try this one. So hang on, where was this dim sim VB bar? Yeah, where yeah was- my, my new my new favourite bar. Yeah, t- well, it was the Avalon Speedway. No. So it was, <laughs> and I truly had a ball. It was just like, <laughs> oh, I could see that. That's yeah. Sometimes so, those yeah, those are just special when you find yeah, those. You're, yeah. st- you're standing more or less in the middle of a field yeah. with someone serving your VBs for five bucks a can. Like note to the Avalon Speedway, I think you can probably charge six, and you know people <laughs> will still buy it. Especially once you're there. But yeah, that's right. You captured Mark. You're yeah. locked in. So. <laughs> what what event was going on at the Avalon Sw- Speedway? Well, it was the K Rock Cup, my friend. So <laughs> the Super Sedans. We we had to be there. <laughs> exactly. So I, I go every year to the Speedway because at heart I am still a North Bendigo boy, <laughs> and I'm now inculcating my seven year old son with my cultural values, which oh, is you know yeah, listening to 1980s music <laughs> while waiting for the Speedway to start. So. Were the dim, had the dim sims been in the steamer all day? Though? The dim sims had been in the steamer all day. They give Excellent. them to you in a little plastic bag inside a brown paper bag. Unlike the Bendigo Speedway, where I grew up, where you just put your soy sauce into the paper bag well, it's because they're in the then, heat of molten lava. Oh, no, that's right. But, <laughs> so this was like this was some sort of there was a real skill to knowing to eating like dim sims when they were just getting the right temperature. Yeah. Before the bag gave way and all the soy <laughs> went everywhere. So it was like... A, it's a delicate yeah, operation. A bit yeah, like eating Tim Tams in a Tim Tam slam. It's and like, you know, how long do you how long do you suck the Milo into the into the Tim Tam before it gives way? These are the kind of philosophical questions that Australians deal with on a daily basis. <laughs> the Sunday age deals with every <laughs> Sunday too. So. <laughs> and where did the Chico roll of it, you know, hail from? Is it really a Bendigo product? Oh, let's as, get involved in that. The Australian Parliament literally debated this last year, mm-hmm. or maybe the year before for overseas. Right. This it became, became a full-on flame war. Yep. <laughs> Remind me of the Pavlova Wars of the 1980s <laughs> yeah. between Australia and New <laughs> exactly Zealand. Right. Where, where did Bill Gibson or Farlap really come from? <laughs> 
I think the answer, if it's anything in Australian culture, the answer is New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Basically. This is true. <laughs> yeah. Um, on that note, I reckon we can wrap up the conversation, man. This has been yeah. a really interesting, good chat. Thank Thanks, you yeah, so much been, for being on the podcast, man. Good to just talk shit. Um, is there anything, this is the plug you want to give us uh, your right, socials and tell us other projects? Stuff, anything you're up to? Uh, yeah, like go visit Modest Chew. It's at Modest Chew on Instagram and Facebook. What's uh, the Check address? that out. Uh, it's 185 Mount Alexander Road. There's some stuff going on there, so it might be something different soon. I don't know. So follow the uh, Instagram. So follow the Instagram to see. Keep up to, to speed. See, yeah, to see what's happening. So that, that should be fun. Uh, what else is going on? Oh, that's about it. Yeah. I need to do more with my life. <laughs> which is which is true of most of our podcast guests hence why they have time to come on our podcast <laughs> exactly uh we're the cool room on instagram and or, sorry cool room podcast on instagram and facebook uh i've decided we're going to set up a twitter today so that should be up and running um as well because i have a new phone so i can actually access, access things the internet the internet it's Dave. a brave new world the internet it's amazing um I had a, a broken phone for about six days and I've never felt so out of touch with the world in my <laughs> yeah, life. Right. You had to interact with yeah. humans like face-to-face -face, right? from that. a screen. <laughs> I only do that for a podcast that I can put up <laughs> on the internet. Um, yeah, if you like, a lot of people are listening to the podcast. So if you can um, tell even more people about that, that'd be great. So if you can rate and review us on iTunes, you can do that through Google Play now. Um, I am in negotiations with Spotify to try and get us on Spotify. They're very picky and choosy about what podcasts they put on Ooh. their platform. So if you can maybe tweet at them or be like, hey, I like this weird podcast called The Cool Room. Put it on your platform. Um, I'll go and do that this afternoon. I'm sure they'll love that. But anyway, <laughs> do that anyway. And come um, and visit Damien and I at the Royal Mail on Spencer where oh, Damien's going to start to do some I am. shifts I thought, behind the bar. I thought we were going to save that for the intro. But anyway. We can do, do it again. <laughs> we can do it again in the intro, which we'll record in a minute. But anyway, we'll be uh, we'll be back with another uh, uh, another episode in two weeks' time of the call. I'm gonna spend my time with a good friend like you.